This is the EVP Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It's the EVP Podcast with your two hosts today, Ghosty. And Beaker. You're wrong. We have three hosts today. We do. We have... Yellow Ghosty Jasper. Yellow Jasper Ghosty. Yellow, yellow Jasper, whatever the hell he said. For those of you that can see on YouTube, uh, audio sucks to be you. <laughs> well, welcome back to another episode, guys. And I'm back. I missed last week. That's okay. That is All okay. you missed was me saying inappropriate comments about someone's wife. Okay? It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I text you and I'm like, dude, I might have said something stupid. And you're like, I'm going to listen to it on my way back from Phoenix. And you did. And I did, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go to a little ghost town out there, and it was there, really where cool. was Where is out there? Out there while I was in Phoenix. You were in Phoenix. I was in Phoenix. So while I was out there, uh, my cousin took me to this cool little ghost town. Thanks, Ivy, for taking me there, because this was a really cool spot. It's called Jerome, Arizona. And this was a cool little spot. I mean, it's it's even set up like a... The way it was built up and everything, like the roads go right up against the buildings, and they, uh, a lot of, what are those called? Uh, switchbacks roads. Switchbacks. And it's pretty tight. <laughs> it's really tight. But it's a it's a cool little ghost town that's well known for being haunted. Every all the residents there kind of just live with the ghosts. They know that it's haunted, and but it's a really cool town. Well, the town is Jerome. Jerome. Jerome, Arizona. Jerome. In case you didn't say it already. Because I did. I don't, I don't listen. Um, so, the, so how far is this from Phoenix? It's about a two-hour drive. Okay. And there's this hotel that's that's there. It's a big hotel, and it's known to be haunted. It's called the Jerome Grand Hotel, and yeah, it, it you can feel the ghosts in there. It is pretty haunted. Um, I want to say with a lot of bad energy per se, but. There's a lot of there's a lot of stories there, and there's quite of a quite a bit of reasons why there would be ghosts. So Jerome, uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say Idaho. I don't know why. I'm, I'm, it's a mining town. I'm, I was a little retarded today. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a little mining town. It was around in the what, early late 1800s. Late 1800s. Uh, yeah. Well, it, yeah. Kind of started getting well. I guess there was these two miners that went through and found. Uh, copper so they made their stake there they claimed their stake there and they started mining then that got i guess another investor came in there and last name jerome <laughs> okay but because of them they got you know the all these miners started coming in there started staking their own claims there and the town blew up and Later on, this mining company came in there, and they ended up taking over the whole place. What was, see, what are they called? Okay, so this is, uh, for some reason, I was thinking it was south. This is actually 100 miles north of Phoenix. Yeah, it's up it's up higher, so the elevation's up higher, so it's not as hot as Phoenix. It's kind of like how Park City is from us in Salt yeah. Lake. So, it is, yeah, it's about 5,000 feet elevation. But yeah, it's home, uh, it was rich with copper, but the... Uh, where was it? United Verde Mine. So this place got to be really booming in about the 1920s. It looks like there was upwards of 10,000 to 15,000 people in this town at one point in time. Yeah, this place was pretty damn big. And it was uh, the United, uh, let's see, it was the United Verde something something. 
was the oh damn it i lost that oh united verde copper company okay so united verde copper company ended up buying out these claims and ended up mining you know turning into a big thing so all the they hired all these miners so with all these miners being there they had a you know the city blew up with a bunch of saloons a lot of brothels and they needed you know of course a hospital so the hospital was of course funded by the mine because <clears throat> the miners were the ones needing the hospital so this place started off as a hospital before it was a hotel and it was in operation till about 1950s, about 1953. And then it pretty much the mines were dried up. No one really, it was on, no one really mined anymore. The last mine closed down. And after the last mine, uh, last miner clocked out, the hospital was pretty much already gone by then. So this hospital this uh, i guess there was originally another hospital that was built in like 1917 yes but that so, hospital got so so what happened was is there was a a, a blasting uh, nearby because it was a mining town it damaged the south wing of this hospital so in 1926 is what they when they built what's currently known as the grand hotel yes so this hotel is supposed to be earthquake proof because of that first one being rocked by the blast the dynamite blast so this one was built to be able to withstand blasts and earthquakes. And shit, the thing's still standing today. But. Okay, so it looks like the uh, if the old hospital, I mean, it's still there. They removed the wing that was destroyed. And once they moved everybody else over to the new hospital, which um, I did watch Ghost Adventures on this. I, I've seen some videos um, and some pictures, the old hospital wasn't that far away from the new hospital. And it looks like they just turned it into a clubhouse building. Yes. And it's still there. It's still there. And I don't know what it is currently, but I know at the it's time of nothing. Ghost Adventures, the, the, some guy was there using it as like a workshop for like, right. like uh, a workshop. I don't think they're using it for much now besides maybe you might be able to use it. I don't know. Did and you actually go over to the clubhouse? I did. You have okay. to walk past it to get to the hotel. Oh, okay, cool. Or, yeah, so it's it's there, and there's really no signs on it, and it looks it's vacant. It's completely empty. But if you notice on Ghost Adventures, like the upper level, it was all kind of boarded up. Yeah. It's not anymore. It's now glass is on there, and it looks nice. Well, I mean, the Ghost Adventures episode was shot in, like, 2010. 2011. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going off of the timestamp that was on their, their video cameras in the episode. Oh, said oh you're smart. Look, look <laughs> at this guy. <laughs> they had the, so they set up their, their, their base camp, right? Yes. And um, I actually checked that when I was watching it. Because I was like, <laughs> when did this happen? And it, on the timestamp, it was like February of 2010 or something like that. Genius over here. But you know how TV works. Like, they record <laughs> stuff. They do all the editing and that. And, you know, they're not like us where we just kind of wing it. They actually put plans into it, and, and I know DVL is going to get mad at me for saying that, and I don't care. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was, it was like 2010 when Ghost Adventures there. So I, I mean, I'm sure it's changed a lot in the last you know 13 years. Mm, not really. I would say the only thing that's really changed was that those windows are. Oh, okay. <laughs> besides that, it's pretty much the same. But uh, there was this. <laughs> Well, I guess we could keep talking about the history real quick before we keep going. But uh, 
so yeah, so it ended up shutting down in the 50s, early 50s, 52. 50, well, anyways, it sat dormant till this new guy ended up buying it in the 90s. But it's, it's the company that owned it at the time, it was because uh, Phelps Dodge. Phelps Dodge ended up buying out the mining company and took over the mining company. And Phelps Dodge still owned it up until the 90s. They still owned multiple places out there. Uh, so Phelps Dodge ended up hiring uh, maintenance people to kind of keep up on, on the buildings. Even though they sat dormant, they wanted to make sure nothing just rotted away because it's kind of their investments, you know. Yeah. So this old elevator that sat there in this hospital, this old elevator is like, you know, it's an old Otis elevator. And those, those are only supposed to live for maybe 20, 30 years. And they stayed up on the maintenance on that and kept it covered in grease this whole time to where it's still operational today. That's crazy. So good job, maintenance. <laughs> um, we'll talk about the maintenance guy soon. But, but anyways, this guy named Larry ended up deciding to buy this building in the 90s and turn it into a hospital. Uh, probably a hotel, actually. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, it was already a hospital. He wanted to turn it into a hotel. <laughs> so I guess he, he took over the hotel. Uh, and so he made the offer in 1993 in December. Yes. He finally got the keys and everything. It became officially his May 29th of 1994. So let me tell you a cool and story he's, about he's, that. So he's owned, owned this building for what, 30 years now? Yeah, okay. 30 years. I can math. So get this cool story. Uh, when he bought this building... He got this idea about buying this building because a friend of his had just bought a building out there in Jerome and wanted him to check it out and told him about this building being for sale. And he's like, oh, go check it out. So he checks it out, kind of hears about the history, about what it was at one time and thought about, you know, his dreams of turning it into a hotel. Finds the dollar price on it is a million dollars. And he's looking, like, scrounging up how he's going to make a million dollars to buy this thing. And it was just unfathomable. It just wasn't going to happen for him. And he came up with this crazy-ass idea of offering them, you know what? I'm just going to do something crazy here. And offered them $250,000. And he'll give them the 50000 of it and just... Uh, by now, or no, three hundred fifty thousand. Three hundred fifty thousand. He would give them fifty thousand and want them to uh, loan him the other three hundred thousand, and he'll pay that back. And he he wrote that offer in November, and come December he ended up getting a, a response, and they said, add twenty five thousand to that, and you got a deal. <laughs> A third of the price, bro. What the hell? <laughs> well, they probably just sat on it for so long and they wasn't doing anything. So they're like, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, how smart, though? How the hell? Not much. I did that with Family Tree. I'd be like, they were selling it for four hundred thousand. I want to be like, uh, I'll give it. I'll, I'll buy it for a hundred. But just the just to have the balls loan, to do that, you loan me the money. To have the balls to ask to buy something from a stranger. <laughs> it worked. It worked. Holy shit, that was really cool. So yeah, that's that's Larry's story. That's what Larry did. That's the new owner. Did you get to talk to Larry while you were down there? No, I didn't even know about Larry until afterwards. Okay. Because when I went in there, uh, I walked in, and you can't go beyond the lobby unless you're staying at the hotel. So I see this, you know, I'm talking to the receptionist there, and I'm just wanting her to tell me stories about the place. So I'm like, 
know, I, I, I've heard about the hotel. I would like to know more of the paranormal, more of the haunts, more of the ghosts. And so she was more than happy to tell me all the stuff. And I was recording it on my phone, on the Apple Memos app. And I had about 20-something minutes of her stories, as well as another guy's stories. And when I tried playing back my memos, the voice will not, it won't play back. It will not play back. It won't let me do anything on it. It won't let me edit it, open it, send it, share it. It won't do shit. It's weird. It's just completely locked out. Just I think I know your problem. File. I think I think I might know the reason for that. You have an iPhone. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that I have a good memory because I still remember everything. Oh, good. So, we'll go on with more stories here. Well, uh, while I'm uh, while she's telling me these cool stories and telling me all these uh, ghost stories, this guy's kind of sitting down listening to everything as well. He's sitting there in the lobby. He kind of interjects a little bit with some stuff and she laughs at him and kind of introduces who this guy is and he had wrote this book about the hotel and yeah the ring lights go yeah, what's the name it was of called the book? tomorrow we get to do it all again his name's chris griffiths and i think you can only buy it there at the hotel but he loves the place so much he kind of felt drawn to the place and he just kept keeps going back decided to write a book about the hotel and just kind of his experience about it and kind of the background so I got a lot of the information about like Larry, who owns it now, in this book, and it is pretty damn cool. Just kind of the just reading about a lot of the stuff and kind of the history that goes back on it. But uh, <clears throat> Larry, who who bought it, does not know, didn't know about the ghost stories that came along with it. He just started hearing about it as as they were. Uh, kind of opening and people were coming in and telling them about their their experiences there and stuff um well anyways he he had a partner named van who him and van were in this together and they were living there as they were renovating everything and there's this one area of the place where you have to kind of climb up these this elevator chute kind of there's kind of like these giant steel rings that hang and that's kind of your ladder you got to climb to get up there well his partner van i guess he's pretty uh pretty brave and just kind of jumps and runs ahead and just you know nothing nothing freaks him out he's not scared of anything well for some reason uh when they went to go he was trying to show him this area and so he maybe he went up to climb that and looks down at his partner and van he said like van just was like white as a ghost and just would not he was just shaking his head like no he's not going up there like, he did not want to go up there. Um, didn't understand why, but he, for some reason, he, that was just one place he wouldn't go. Um, well, anyways, Van ends up having a, oh, no, these guys, Sedona's not too far away. And Sedona's known for its vortexes and everything. Well, anyways, this medium and some people were doing something out there and were asking if, and one of the people knew the owner, Larry, and asked if they could go check out the hotel, uh, and check, just kind of check it out as a tour or whatever. So he, he obliges and lets him come over and kind of wants the... He was pretty skeptical of, of psychics and what have you. So he was just expecting to see a show and just this person, the psychic, was just going to look up some history on the place and just say what everyone could have known anyways. Well, the psychic ends up talking about Claude, the 
the maintenance guy. One of the maintenance guys. Yes. One of the maintenance guys. I think so there was Claude like Harvey. Three. So Claude Harvey, he was was that his name, Claude Harvey? I think so. Yeah. So he was a maintenance guy who ends up. They find his body at the bottom of the of the uh, what's the it elevator. called the elevator uh, where it comes down on the basement, and a nurse was going down in that elevator. So the story goes, uh, the nurse was coming down in the elevator and would not come down all the way. It was just kind of as it was came down, it just kind of wasn't reaching the bottom just kept stopping and going stopping and going uh she ends up getting somebody to come uh lift it up and boom there's the body of claude harvey right there at the bottom and once they looked at his body and kind of examined it the doctor knew that he was dead before the elevator went on top of him but back then they wouldn't allow autopsies yeah because especially the Phelps Dodge owning it and everything didn't want to have that or the United the, Copper or United Verde. They didn't, they didn't want to have want, that stigma. They didn't want the bad publicity. Yeah, they didn't want bad publicity there. So they marked it as an accident and then in the elevator. Nothing to see here. Move yeah. along. And so when he died, there was speculation about because of that, as well as they had heard that there was a, an argument going on between him and his apprentice back in the boiler room earlier that day. And so they say that when he died, that there's speculation that the apprentice could have been the one that killed him. Well, the psychic was picking up on the spirit of Claude. Okay. And and this was before this was a hotel and everything. This was still before they were uh, renovating it. Uh, The psychic picks up on the spirit had never seen this shoot before where you got to climb with those rings and everything. And she starts picking up on him and says that that death of Claude was not uh, intentional, that that guy didn't kill him. But when he slipped and fell down the chute the way he did and died, the apprentice staged his body because he didn't want the, made it look like he pushed him down and killed him because that could have came back on him. So he instead he sh- he staged his body under the elevator. Oh, okay. So that is what that when he had that psychic come in, they, she picked up on that, and then all of a sudden she points uh, to Van, who is uh, Larry's partner, and is like, "You are the reincarnation of Claude. That's one of the reasons what brought you here." And but Van, who's like, I guess he's, his eyes are just wide and just soaking it all in. But the, Larry had never said anything about how he was freaked out about that shoot. But it all made sense now. Like, oh, my God, that's what freaked him out. Like, maybe it was like him looking up that shoot reminded him, you know, like a past life glimpse or something. And freaked him out about that shoot because that's, that's where he died. Weird story. Don't know how true, you know. That That's was just... weird, wild stuff. Well, I'm, I believe that they believe it's true. Um, but I, <laughs> but I, uh, I don't, I don't. Hmm. I don't think, I don't think that was his reincarnated body, but no, it was weird that she I, picked up on that. Um, I, I'm a little skeptical of people <laughs> that call themselves psychics. Um, but Sedona being so close, um, I did want to go check out Sedona. I do want to go back there. I do want to spend the night there. And I want to spend a day in Sedona. Sedona would be pretty cool. You're pretty cool. I am pretty cool. 
But yeah, uh, the lady at the front desk, Sarah, she was telling me a lot of cool stories. Uh, so that elevator, it's big and heavy, right? I should hope so. <laughs> and to go to make that elevator move, you have to close a door within the elevator. So you have to walk in, close a door, and then close another steel door. And then you can press what button. And to press a button, now you have to put your key in. So you have to put your key in in order for it to go up to the floor that you're on. And then even to open the elevator door, it's all physical, like manual. You have to move it. So it's like the old school elevators where you close the cage, you got the little... Does it have a little lever on the side? or is I don't it... think it has a lever anymore. It just has a key you put in and turn. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, it is the old school where you close the damn steel door and stuff. But they say that that thing will move on its own and will open and close. Look, people got places to be, <laughs> right? Uh, they can't wait for living people to come let them in and out of the elevator. A lot of them have their clothes tugged on. A lot of people have heard uh, g- children, spirits. But one story that she mentioned as well was there was this other lady, Girthy. Let's see, Girthy. I gotta find her damn name. Girthy, huh? Yep, Girthy was her name. Girthy May Patch. That's her name. Girthy May Patch. Girthy May Patch. And uh, she was there. And there's a lot of weird stuff that kind of follows why she was there. So she was there, and pretty much. They think it was having to do with her being pregnant and someone trying to hide trying to hide her pregnancy, because she's from like Nebraska. And why the hell is she there at this? You know, this it's pretty state of the art at the time. But she was staying on the top floor in a really nice suite, part like a you know she had like a, a nice really nice room. Okay. And she's there for some you know mental stuff. But why for somebody having you know mental behavior would you give them? a nice ass room with windows and balcony well anyways well to make him feel better duh so she jumps off the balcony and commits suicide oh, she did did she <clears throat> that's what that's what the coroner said but there's sure just, she did so there's just too much to that uh because of what had uh the way that she died she it looked the way that she fell when she landed doesn't isn't the way that you would have landed if you were to have jumped and fell. Rather, it's more like as if she was pushed off. And the distance and velocity, all that stuff, would make sense as she was pushed off the balcony. And not only that, nobody found her body for hours. Nobody knew that she jumped for hours. And then once they did find her, she was alive for about 36 more hours and then passed away. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, she... So she wasn't able to talk during this time? I don't think so. Or unless they, just, they try to... Unless she was, like, her. in a coma or something. She could have been, I think so. Because, I mean, three stories, three-story fall. Surviving it alone is... That's, yeah. But, uh... That's that's uh, crazy enough as it is, but I'm sure there was probably someone, like, standing... There was probably someone in the room that didn't leave her side that was like... You don't fucking talk. <laughs> right. You don't say nothing. Don't pull this plug, swear to God. <laughs> but um but her spirit is said to be haunting there in the room thirty seven A. And there was another death that happened. Well, there's actually about nine thousand deaths that they know about there in this hospital at when it was a hospital. Yeah, it was a hospital. I think they said something like there was a death like every day. Yeah, pretty much a death every day. Which, I mean, it's a hospital. So, but... uh, In a mining town. Yeah, in a mining town. So, you know, 
things are rough. People, there's probably caves in people losing but limbs. You don't after know. it was a uh, hospital, I mean, after it was a hotel, there was another guy that died in that room of a heart attack. And when he died, it was crazy because one of the staff members at the time actually had a premonition of this. That okay. yeah, it was pretty nuts. So this staff member ended up. Uh, I guess she was. She kind of has uh, some abilities, but she said she had this one nightmare. So she, I guess she came into work one day, was just kind of being vocal about this crazy nightmare she had about work, and was saying how she just seen somebody holding somebody's feet down and all these people surrounding this person laying down, and all she felt was like this. There's nothing that anybody could do. Nobody could help do anything. And but anyways, two weeks later. They're at work, and all of a sudden, this lady, she's in the, from that room. She's going to go down to grab some breakfast or something, and her husband stays up there in the room, didn't want to come down, and she comes back up there about a half hour later and is screaming bloody murder. Everybody comes in to find that he had had a heart attack and is on the floor, and when she walks in, she sees the exact thing from her dream. Interesting. Pretty, pretty nuts. Premonitions. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's a lot of crazy stories about this place. Uh, there's this other play lady named uh, Brittany. And, oh, damn. She would have a lot of stuff. She actually had a lot of experiences. This book has a lot of cool stuff. Do you want me so to you're saying on? you should buy the book? Yeah. Do you want me to keep going about more experiences? There? Sure. Um, we can, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. We talk okay. about ghost experiences at haunted places. Okay, okay, okay. So while you're figuring that out, I do know of, on Ghost Adventures, they did talk about the guy being killed on the elevator. They did say in the hotel itself, there was a maintenance man, and this was back in 1982, there was a maintenance man that started telling people that he was seeing spirits or apparitions walking around in the hotel. And a couple days after he first started telling people that he was seeing things, there was like a storage room with a big pipe coming out of the ceiling. He, I guess, went in there and hung himself in the storage room. Yeah, so Sarah told me a story about that one or two. So I guess he was having some uh, marital problems and was actually living there and was drinking every night. You know, so he was he would go to the bar and drink every night. So the bar owners and the bartenders would see him on the regular. Well, when he wasn't like a couple nights went by, he didn't show up. They asked the sheriff to go check on him. And the sheriff was looking around in there, trying to find him. Finally shines the flashlight and sees him standing there. And he's all, hey, hey, and tries to talk to him. And then realizes, you know, because he, he's not moving. He's just he's just standing there. Then he goes, uh, you know, hey, come on, what, what's going on? Then realizes he's kind of swinging. He's, he's hanging. Oh, jeez. And so he's a few inches off the ground. You can see the light, you know, the gap. He's a few inches off the ground. And so, shit, you know, he ends up committing suicide in there. Well, one thing that Sarah was talking about was the weird part about it was there was no, nothing for him to stand up on around there. There was no, you know how they normally they'd use a chair or a stool or something to kind of yeah. elevate them. <clears throat> and then they like kick it out from underneath. Yeah, them, so they'll they, jump off yeah. of it and, and kick it out. There was nothing. So that's what she said. It was really, really strange about that was how did he get up there? 
magic. Magic. Exactly. He's nine feet tall and he just like lifted up his legs. <laughs> He's magic. Magic. Okay. So this is a story from one of the staff members. Uh, so her name's Brittany. And in the corner of her eyes, she could keep she kept seeing someone popping their head out. And this was around the first floor staircase. And this kept happening for some time, but no one was there. Yet the presence remained by her side throughout the night. She returned home to her partner to their home and their four children. And her partner was watching television with two of the kids while the other two were asleep in their bed. And the partner told her as soon as she walked in that he had experienced an extremely odd encounter. As he sat there with the kids, he felt that someone was popping their head around the corner of their stairs. So the same thing she was having at work that day, now her husband's having at home. Oh, well, that's fun. So he could see, and as he was telling her this, he, he could see something out of the corner of his eye. And he thought it was a little boy. And he was so convinced that he got up from his seat on, and t- to check on the kids that were sleeping. And every time he checked, they were asleep and they were snoring. And so it was, definitely wasn't them. Uh, sometime after, after this, a well-known medium was staying at the hotel. And he was talking with Brittany. And when he stopped talking mid-sentence and walked to the side of her desk, he said, Did you see that? Uh, Brittany said, Yes, sir. And she said she had even vi- and then that it had even visited her home. And the medium said, He likes you and respects you. So he, he saw it, too. Um, another experience was when she went back. Oh yeah. So this one, she went to go pick up some food in the back room and, uh, so it was, it was to get breakfast food ready. And as she was walking down this hall, she heard music playing and it sounded like band music and she could clearly hear the trumpet. So she knew, you know, it was band music. She slowed her breathing down so she could listen a little bit more intently. And as she got to the end of the hall, the music stopped. The music had been coming from the manager's office. And she quickly opened the door and looked inside, and it was empty. She closed the door, crossed the hall, went in to get the breakfast food, as she normally did. And as she was doing that, the band started playing again. And this time, it was faster. She ran back to the office, flung the door open, and saw the old phonograph with the handle turning. And she swears she could hear kids laughing. That's pretty nuts. I like it. <laughs> um, let's see. This one was... Okay, this one was about Cindy. She's, Cindy was the one that had that premonition. Um, and Cindy actually talks about this, uh, that she keeps seeing this damaged face in a mirror on the, on the third floor. And she says that over the years, it's become less, less of a thing. But uh, there was one summer morning, a guest came running out of that room saying that she had been tormented by a face in the mirror. But Cindy thinks it's the face of Claude. But uh, the guy that died in that yeah. elevator accident. Mm-hmm. Accident. Accident. Uh, and then there's another staff member named Deanna. She's the assistant general manager, and she actually was working there while being pregnant. And she f- says that she feels more connected to that girthy May Patch, the one that quote unquote committed suicide. Uh, be. But uh, but she believes also that she was kind of hospitalized for maternal reasons. But one night, Deanna walked past Gerthy's picture. It because they have a, a a picture of Gerthy in a frame, a glass frame, hanging there in the reception area at the time. And she said jokingly, "Why can't we just be friends?" And at that moment, the glass on the photograph shattered. Interesting. Very weird. And then 
they've replaced it on more than just one occasion. And they said any every time that glass on that photograph ever breaks, it's during Deanna's shift. Oh, that's that's cool. So they ended up just moving the photograph down to the basement yep. for now. <laughs> Probably got expensive replacing all that glass. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then they talk about a lot of the people that just having, uh, you know, experiences getting their clothes tugged on and stuff, but there's a, there's a few more interesting stories in this book, but I don't want to tell all of his things. No, cause then, um, you'd ruin his book sales. Yes. Jerk. Yes. But I did, I did, uh, he was there while, while I was getting the stories being told. And so while Sarah was telling me these stories, you know, he kind of interjects and says a couple things that made her laugh. And so she kind of introduces him and tells us about his book that they had for sale. I was like, oh, cool. And he's the guy that wrote it. And so I was talking to him. He's a he's an English guy, too. And it was just weird of him to feel so drawn to this location and to write a book about it. Well, uh, being able to meet him and him telling me his stories was, was really cool too. So I wanted to buy the book and have him sign it. And I had him write it out to ghosty. And then I love him for that. <laughs> you would. But anyways, he was telling me this funny story about what had happened to him. Uh, this one night he, he ends up st- cause he goes there on a regular basis now. Well, he was staying there this one night and had never heard about the story behind girthy may patch. And, he ends up going into getting the room that she died in. And when he was there, he checks into his room and just felt this overwhelming, just sadness, but was making him cry. And he had no idea why. Well, when he finally gathers himself, he goes down to the lobby and gets himself some water and kind of tells him, you know, what he was experiencing. And they told him, oh, you know, you're in this room, which is, you know, 37A. That's where she committed suicide, blah, blah, blah. Kind of tell him the story. And he's like, oh, my God, that's weird that I would feel that way. Well, later that night, he's hanging out with Deanna, the assistant general manager. And while he's hanging out with her, she's telling him more stories about uh, Girthy May Patch and, and all that. And he ends up having to go up back up to his room to go pee and just call it a night. And he takes the elevator up and he said, as he's going up there, he's thinking to himself, what, what would I do if I ever saw a ghost in, you know, in my face? And he's kind of spooking himself out. Well, as he gets to the top of the third floor, I should just pull this part up. Cause this is funny. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Where is it? Where is it? Okay. He said, I watched as the lift slowly but steadily passed each floor and stared at the antiques on each level. As the car reached the third floor and the gap appeared, I saw the most frightening sight I have ever seen. There was a grotesque old woman's face with a gray bob-shaped haircut and dark sunken eyes. She was staring directly into my eyes and smiling. I didn't have time to think about whether it was girthy or not because it happened in a split second. In hindsight, though, it couldn't have been as she was in her 20s. This ghost head that I had seen was at least in her 80s. The early evening silence was shattered by my very loud scream and the floodgates opened. I completely and utterly pissed my pants. I heard Deanna shouting up the lift shaft, Why are you screaming? I just about managed to splutter, I have seen an ugly old ghost head with gray hair. 
The lift stopped and the cage door was opened. There stood an elderly lady with a gray bob haircut looking exceptionally offended. It transpired she was staying on my floor and had decided to try and look through the cage doors down into the car. Her first words were, don't refer to me as an ugly old ghost head with gray hair. (laughs) (coughs) Foot in mouth. (laughs) Yep. But it makes Uh, for a good story. It does. Because he he said he really pissed himself. That's that's, that's embarrassing. That's Uh, embarrassing. Oh man, but it was a it was really cool getting to meet him, getting to sign the book for me, and uh, finding out about the the owner and kind of his whole story. I guess one thing that had happened was his partner ended up getting really sick, and he ended up having to tend to him and died, you know, after a few months and. So only after a few years of owning it and operating it, he wanted to sell it. And he ended up putting it up for auction. And it ended up getting bid on and sold to somebody for two and a half million dollars. Okay. Well, the guy that offered to buy it didn't come through. And they were supposed to collect $50,000 up front for somebody trying to purchase it. And for some reason, the auctioning company did not collect that. So now he didn't have, because during this time he ended up shutting down the hotel for a little bit too. So the hotel wasn't operational for just, for a little bit of time during this whole thing. Well, because of that wholesale not going through, you know, and kind of going through the grief and all that, his mom ended up asking him, so do you want to get back in the hotel business? (laughs) And he's like, sure, why not? And he got it up and operational again and has been loving it again ever since. But he had his mom helping him. Him and his mom were switching shifts, 12-hour shifts, back and forth. And, oh, his mom actually had an experience there where his mom said that one night, because she ended up having a cat living with her there in the hotel, and one night she felt like her cat jumped up on her bed and was kind of moving around on her bed and she shooed it away and she ended up looking over and her cat is across the room kind of looking up at her and she's like what the hell is crawling around on my bed then there's a couple more ghost cat stories in the book that kind of have to deal with that I won't give those all away but do it no just don't (laughs) don't do that there is a kind of a cool story that Larry had though because he has chow dogs and he said there was one night where they got up and they went booking towards something. And it was down in the basement. They, Larry went and followed them. And the way they were barking and growling at something was like they just tracked something down and were going to attack something. And he, was, he brought his flashlight and was looking at whatever they were going crazy for. And there was nothing there. Interesting. Animals can't see things that we can't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's science. Oh, and the, the the maintenance guy that you were talking about, the one from the 1982, his name was Hoff. Okay. Manoa Hoff. But, uh... Oh, yeah, that's right, because Zach was like, Manila Wafer? Oh, yeah. No, what a dummy, huh? Apparently <laughs> in the clubhouse area, um, this would have been probably late 2000s, because... Because the episode of the shot was the, the timestamp on it was like 2010. Yeah. At the time, they said that this incident happened a couple of years ago. But I guess there was a maintenance guy that worked in the clubhouse. Right. That also had started seeing apparitions and telling people like, like he went to a room to grab a hammer or something, 
and he saw someone walking down the hall behind him, and he should have been the only one in the building. So he went out to look, and there was no one else there. So he started telling people, like, hey, I'm seeing shit. And shortly after, about two days later, I guess, he ended up also committing suicide. Yeah, and he killed himself there in the clubhouse. So don't be a maintenance guy at Jerome Hospital uh, Hotel. And you'll be fine. Yeah, that's... You can go stay there. Just don't be a maintenance guy. <laughs> but um, what else do they have there? Uh, Probably ghosts. A lot of ghosts. A lot of ghosts, for sure. But uh, it, I think the room rates there were not not too bad. Do you want me to pull up the room rates? About two hundred bucks a night. You're two hundred bucks a night. And then I think the suite was like four hundred. But I do want to go back there, and I do want to get a room and investigate. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Um, they wouldn't let you do a tour or anything while well, you're no, there, were they? No. Well, they have ghost tours there in Jerome that you can. There's two different companies well, the that do it. Hotel itself. No, the hotel itself does not have its own tour. But if you're staying there, they'll be, I'm sure they're glad to kind of give you a tour. Yeah. And then they actually gave me a tour of the boiler room without staying there. Oh, and cool. they were telling me stories about uh, Sarah had seen a shadow, shadow person standing right there in front of the boiler. And so she took me in there. She showed me the, the boiler and, and where the shadow person was. I actually have uh, some pictures of it all. I took pictures. Well, that's great for a podcast. Those pictures. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> well, we could put it on our social we can. medias. We'll put it on the social medias. So a standard room is going to run you about $200. If you want to look at the mountains, it's $225. And when you're getting into connecting balcony rooms, you're looking at $350. That's and they have other rooms that apparently aren't available at the dates that I checked. So, so there she saw a shadow person standing right here. Next to the boiler? Right in front of the boiler. For those of you on YouTube. We can share that on the socials. We can share it on the socials, yes. <clears throat> but uh, Sarah had also talked about how she had a, an experience in the clubhouse where she had had her hair pulled and her ass smacked. I wasn't there, I promise. <laughs> but A grand place- suite is looking like $645, so you're looking anywhere from 200 to $700. But it can sleep six people. This is true. The, the grand suite. The $200 night is above two people. Yeah. Regular suite says two people. So you get the grand suite, get six friends, you divide 650 by six people. Yeah, for so sure. Just a little over $100 a person. Not bad. We should do it. Maybe. Yes, we should, actually. Um, I was actually excited when you told me that you were there. Um, like I believe my literal response on the text message was like, oh, my God, I'm jealous. <laughs> I uh, didn't a, know about A guy this. I work with is from Phoenix. Okay. And he told me about it uh, probably about two years ago when he first got hired on. And I've looked into it. It's on my list of places I want to go. So, and so when you said you were there, I was like, oh, my, because I've actually heard of it. And yeah, I've, I've and looked I, into staying there and all that. And I just, I never, I don't travel as much as I would like to. I do enough traveling for both of us. Apparently. <laughs> but yeah, when I told you about it, I didn't know much about the hotel. And I, uh, and when I told you that, you were like, oh, my God, I'm jealous. And so I was like, oh, shit, you know about this place. That's cool. Yep. And when this lady, Sarah, was telling me about the story about the elevator coming down on Claude, I actually remembered that Ghost Adventure video, our episode. I remember where that part. almost gets crushed by the damn elevator. Yeah, I, like, what I, I remember seeing that somewhere. I don't know if I've watched this episode. Maybe I watched this I episode in the I've past that episode. when my friend told me about it. But I just... 
thought it was funny because like the the dude literally had to run and like grab Zach and pull him from out from yeah. the elevator. He's like, oh, I thought it was farther away, and I thought you were gonna stop it. It's <laughs> like elevators don't just stop, dude. Yeah, <laughs> just keep going. And you know what I thought was interesting? I'm gonna just point this out because this is back you know back in the day when Nick Groff is still part of Ghost Adventures, and they're sitting there talking about um, Claude. What's his name? Harvey. Harvey, the the maintenance guy that died in the elevator. They were talking about him, and all of a sudden, um, Nick is just like, "Hey, do you remember that EVP we got at the Lissa Axe Murder House?" And then, like, they played the EVP on the episode, and then that was it, just like out of the blue. Hey, do you remember this? We got it at this other place. Like, it was completely out of context. It had nothing to do with what they were talking about at the time. And then they like, he's like, "Hey, you remember this?" They played the EVP on the episode, and then they just move on with their lives. And I'm just like, "What the hell was the point of this?" I don't know what the it's hell that show. Um, but they did get an EVP on the episode from the an Arizona paranormal team that was there. They and did, they, yeah, and they played that. Um, I can't remember what else they had there. They had that door slammed shut on the top floor. Oh, they did. Yeah, oh, uh, Zach went outside on the balcony. They actually they were investigating. They heard a door slam shut. They went to go look at it. He actually they figured out what door it was. Showed that, like, with even how hard he was pushing on it, the door was barely budging. He got a plastic bag out to show that, like, there was no wind blowing or anything. And so they weren't able to actually figure out what it is that caused that door to shut. I do know at one point they saw, like, uh, thought they saw something on, I believe it might have actually been the boiler or something. And then they actually were able to prove that it was just the reflection coming off of, like, someone's camera. Oh, they did get a... uh uh, like a, a weird purple mass on their oh on their in, thermal on yeah. the thermal yeah that just kind of appeared and shot away that was kind of weird that was interesting yep <coughs> it's an okay episode if you want to watch it if you have Discovery Plus it's like season five episode but three. they did get to investigate both buildings the the clubhouse and the hospital yes but it might have been there. the clubhouses where the door shut oh yeah it could have been that it might have been the clubhouse where the door slammed shut on them. Yeah, because the clubhouse would have been really cool to investigate because what they were, what Sarah at the front desk was telling me was that they think that is actually more haunted than the hotel itself. Quite possibly. So I was like, interesting. I think the the old hospital, the clubhouse, was probably uh, active longer as a hospital than the hotel was. Yeah. It could have been. Because, yeah, after the Great Depression and not needing the materials... Uh, they pretty much just shut down operations there. So, I mean, but still, nine thousand people between those two buildings. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of death. And not only that, but those spirits that were existing there, I'm sure, attracted more surrounding spirits. Yeah, sure. They came out of the mountains. Cause, uh, I ended mountains, up going down. There's this. There's this little ghost interactive ghost town you can go to if you just keep driving through Jerome, and. It's a cool interactive little, ghost town. Yeah, kind of like you know how you not so interactive. You pay. So it's like kind of like a museum. So you pay. Like, you pay an admission, and you get to just walk around, check out these old buildings and okay. old cars and uh, old machinery and shit. So this is just you know something to do for the uh, this guy that lived there. That's kind of his way of you know that's how he made money and kind of kept restoring some of the old shit there and. People would come. I came and I paid some money to go check shit out. No good for you. And so yeah, he's got the old, old buildings, and they actually have that old house. Remember that one I was I sent you? Uh, yes. That was the old house that had. It was like the last old, the last of sixty original houses that were there. Let's see. 
It's called the Old House. The Old House. Oh, yeah. that's a good name for that one. It house. was the last remaining of one of 60 homes. Let's see. Get away from there a little bit. But yeah, it was the last last remaining of one of 60 homes. This town site is called Haynes, Arizona. This house was occupied until 1959 by a woman named Petra. Then, 105 years old, she then moved to Prescott and lived there for three more years. Okay. But this old house, I mean, look at that thing. That, was, that thing is like falling apart. But I, although it hasn't been lived in for 50, oh, 60 yeah, years. Oh, yeah, that's the, the house that you said was full of hose. And I said, that's perfectly for you. <laughs> it's hose in this house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. This is great content for a podcast. Well, so for all the people listening, they can see the video. Well, I can post me. it on the socials. This is stuff, true. This but I'm is... just showing you so you get an idea of what I'm saying. I, I understand that. Yeah. But yeah. See, but as of right now, when people are listening to this, they're not going to know what the hell you're showing me. Well, hopefully they see it on the socials and they'll know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. think we got some investigating to do We do. Tonight. We got some investigating to do. Next week, we will have an update on a location that we have previously talked about. We're actually going there um, soon. So We're going to we will... test out the new Ovilus that we, we just bought. Yeah. It's, uh, yep. We're going to test that out, and we got other stuff going on. So if you would like to purchase this book that Ghosty has been reading out of, uh, again, it is called Tomorrow We Get to Do It All Again, and it is available on Amazon. You can buy the Kindle version for 6 bucks. it looks like, or you can buy it on paperback for $14. Um, that way you don't have to go to Jerome. But sounds like it's a place that we highly recommend you go, and being that it is over 100 years old, it has met the EVP standard of being haunted. Yes, it is. Um, so uh, after you go buy that book, check out our social media. We're on evp.pod at Instagram and Facebook, or if you'd like to email us a story that you might have had or experienced at the Jerome Grand Hotel, you can do so at evp.pod at gmail.com, and then check out our affiliate link to go stop. And buy yourself some ghost hunting gear. Come ghost hunting with us. I think we're done for the year doing public hunts, but we have more coming up next year. And yeah, like we just said, we just got an obvious. We haven't used it yet. I made an unboxing video. It'll probably get posted at some point in time. <laughs> um, we're going to try to make some video of us using it, do a review on it at some point. I know we've been talking about the ANC mini in the past. Um, we bought that and the I'm still kind of, it does what it says it's going to do. It, it says it's going to reduce the white noise and make it so you can just hear the spirits. And it definitely does reduce the white noise. I can give it that. So I, I like how it silences the white noise. Yeah, it silences the white noise. Um, I just, we haven't we got a whole lot. we got to fine tune of, it. we got to fine tune it. Yeah, we're it. still trying to fine tune it. We haven't got a whole lot of responses from spirits on it. But does eliminate the white noise, which is really nice. Yeah, so, so you're not hearing the... Yeah. Because the, the, the Faraday bag... Still, you'll hear that white noise with the Faraday bag, but it eliminates the uh, what's it called? the uh, stereo, the radio chatter. Yes, so the Faraday any, bag is great too. The music, the chatter from the DJs that gets cut out, and all you hear is the white noise. But the ANC Mini cuts out all that. Yes. So again, still still playing around with that a little bit before we can either go yes or no on whether or not we recommend it. We'll have an update on the Ovilus here in a couple weeks as well. But yes. And then, um, yeah, just donate money to us at PayPal. That's on, Hell yeah, on why not? as well. Why not? Yeah, because we need to buy that yacht. <laughs> All right. Stay fresh, cheese bags.
Peace out, butterflies. This is the EVP Podcast.